it's that fine balance of we have an elite brand. And when you come in, we are exactly who you thought we were. Like we're real people, we're good people, and we deliver. And I think that is absolutely everything. Giving people a world-class experience. And then secondly, we live in a world that just wants things to be a little easier. And that's not a con, but can we bring in people to make their lives easier so they can go make more money? That's as simple as what we do. Your business is not a pyramid. It's a round table where every voice should matter. You're listening to the Culture Camp Podcast, where we believe that if you build your dream team, anything is possible. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organizations. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Here is your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I'm really excited about this one. I got Michael Perry. Michael, thank you for being on the show. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for having me. Michael is probably one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. He had one of the craziest weddings I've ever been to that was in a beautiful area that every time I drive by it up in Hebrew, I'm like, oh, man, it's freaking sick. Um, But Michael is the co-founder of the top real estate, one of the top real estate teams. Is it the top? Yeah, top, top residential. Top, you are the co-founder of the top residential team in Utah called the Perry Group. Three-time top 50 realtor in the state. You're an investor. You're seasoned in luxury flips, and you went to Beacon Heights Elementary School. That part's a joke, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll take the intro. Hey, no, man, I, I love it. But shout out to Beacon Heights, right? right? <laughs> Let's go. But man, I just, I really, really appreciate you being on here. I haven't really known you super well. I've heard of you a lot, but we've kind of got to know each other a little bit here and there. And so I had Cars and Coin and it kind of was like, man, like I really got to get you on here because we talked about it before when kind of our schedules and you're super busy. I mean, you just had the second best month ever of how many deals? 106. Uh-huh. We have one more day. So maybe we'll hit 110. 106 deals in one month. I would venture to say that you're crushing it. I mean, that's freaking crazy. Yeah, we're cruising. Proud of my team. It's definitely, it's been an interesting time, as everyone knows, in real estate. It's it's in shambles if you look at the news right now, but it's right. been cool. Well, I, I want to, in August, like this is just in August. Like we have a couple more days. I mean, if whenever this comes out, August 2022, everybody's losing their mind in real estate. Right? Like everybody's saying, oh, the, you know, this happened in recession. Deals are not flowing. You know, we're going to, I, heard, I was at a real estate, I, was, I think I was at Cars and Coin with was with you and someone was like, hey, we just had a showing and no one showed up for the first time. Like, yeah, or not yeah, a showing, but an open but, house. And yeah, no, not we, you. But the, the event we were at, they were like, this guy raised his yeah. hand and was like, for the first time, we, we were talking about real estate. And he said for the first time in, you know, two years, he had an open house with no one showing up. And then the Perry Group just did 106 deals. So far to this day, you know, it's, we got one more day and, uh, you know, a, a, a business day so we yeah, can make yeah, it happen. Right? But man, that's awesome. So I just want to kind of go back. You've had a pretty seasoned life. Yeah, yeah, kind of a not. A, I don't know if it's a crazy life. We'll get into it, but yeah. you've done a lot. You played a lot of sports. I just want to know, you know, why you moved into real estate. Kind of what your background was on that. I know you played in a lot of sports, and I think you played college, right? You played college yeah. ball. Yeah. Talk about kind of Michael Perry, who Michael Perry is, just for a little bit. Yeah. So for me, real estate, I don't have that plan. Like I wasn't in elementary school or five years old, ten years old, being oh, I can't wait to sell real estate. Like a lot of people have, and so for me, it was sports my whole life, my identity was sports. And I got into it and then I played football at Snow College and I tore my patellar tendon for the second time. Ouch. Yeah, and that was like, I was year two at a junior college, tore it twice and patellar tendon, that's that's not an easy rehab. Right. So I was like, 
what do I do? I hate school. I'm not good at school. So literally I signed up for real estate seven days later, enrolled in my course. And then 30 days later, I had my license. Wow. So I don't know if you should be able to get your license that quick, <laughs> but I was rolling. We were going. That's awesome. And it just kind of shows you the, the, the person that you are and why you just did 106 deals in August. Cause you obviously, you know, you don't let the grass grow near your yeah, feet. If you're we went for it, you know, usually people, an injury like that, especially when sports, like you were talking about defines you. And when it, with an injury like that, you can almost call it kind of career, career ending. Obviously yeah, totally. that's like it, I mean, it was a career ending injury. Maybe, yeah. maybe it wasn't like you could never play again, but yeah. it was like, man, it's hard to play at this high of a level. Yeah. Usually that can go one of, you know, a couple of different ways. And I'm sure you've had some friends, colleagues, people that you're, you know, they had that career ending injury and it just destroyed them. How are you able to overcome that injury and then move, kind of move on from, I mean, yeah. was it an easy transition? How'd that go? Yeah, it was weird. It was almost numb. So like when I tore it for the second time, my best friend who now plays for the Saints, he was, I think, two or three year all conference. I don't know if he was an All-American, but you, you get the point. Right. And so I, I was sitting in bed at a junior college, looking up at my wall, being like, God, what? Right. <laughs> it's not working for me. So I think that that part was peaceful in the sense of I worked so hard, right? like 60, 70, 80, 90 hours. And it didn't work. Like it didn't work at all. So I was like, it was just a closed chapter that didn't really sting. And then I just like turned my life away from sports for a year. And right. I was numb to it. Like I wasn't hurt by it, but it, it just, I wasn't interested. Right. I'm fully back interested again, but it was, it was weird. The peace it brought me when it happened that right. quick. That's, that's important because a lot of us, out there and a lot of listeners uh, cannot, you know, if, so, if something fails, it's so hard. I'm always like, hey, like I would rather do something and then look at myself in the mirror and yeah. look, and be like honest with myself, have a little conversation and say, you gave it everything you possibly yeah. could and it just didn't work. You like, it's easy closure, right? Totally. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's important for a lot of us to do is just if, if you are going to maybe not do something to change past career paths or go a different way to, you know, have that conversation with yourself. And it's almost like a reset and say, hey, did I give it everything I could? Yeah. And I'm sure that if you looked at yourself in the mirror back then and you said, no, I didn't get everything I, I, I could, you probably would still have kept pushing. But if yeah. you can, if you really can have that conversation, it's like, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that was why it was so peaceful. Like I, I mean, the day before I tore my patellar tendon, I was not thinking about, Hey, what's next? Like right. it was one plan. I was going to make it happen. And like, looking back, that might've been a little naive, but that that's my mindset now with real estate. Like people don't say, Oh, like what's next? Like, I, I don't know. We'll figure right. it out when, when it happens. Right. Yeah. I, you know, there's no reason to fix problems you don't have yeah, or, or right? create problems. Amen to that. Have. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's crazy. So you get your real estate license in 30 days after yeah. you. So basically you tell your what was it? Patellar. Patellar yep. tendon. Yeah, right below your kneecap. You, you tear, oh, so when people have like jumper's knee, right? Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then it tears. No. <laughs> All right, well, jumper's knee and then it, that's not, that doesn't sound good. I always had that growing up and you had those little bands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wore up. that for two years and then it popped. <laughs> uh, well, good thing I suck at basketball. I've never played very much. So then it, I never got that opportunity yeah, yeah. to pop. But so you, you know, like pretty much 30 days after you tore it, were you basically still, I mean, all you had, you couldn't really do much because you were, you know, kind of put up and you couldn't really, you know, maybe do, do a yeah. lot of things. You got your real estate license. Why did you do real estate? There's a, cause people yeah. do sales, especially in Utah. A lot of people go into sales and door to door yeah. and different things like that. Why real estate? I think that's, and I think like me and you entrepreneurs, it's hard, but there was no, it was like, my dad's in real estate. So I'm going to try real estate. So he'd been in it for 13 years and I was like, I'm just going to try this. Like it, it sounds fun. You get to meet cool people 
and show cool houses. It's a lot right. more than that looking back. For sure. But I was like, let's just do it. And so I, I signed up, got my license, joined Keller Williams. I was just a solo agent and we went for it. That's awesome. So how was your first little while in real estate? I tell the story all the time. Every time I'm on a podcast, I tell it. It was, it was hard, but in a sense, easy just because I knew the expectations. So there was a, a woman named Lee Stern. She sat me down. I think it was day five. And she's a legend here. She sold right. like 3,000 houses. I think I've heard of her before. Yeah, she's awesome. And she, she pulls me aside and she says, Michael, these six months are going to suck. You're going to lose friends. You're not going to see anybody. It's a grind, grind, grind. Right. But just tell everyone it's only six months and then it's going to get a little easier. And so first six months were brutal, truly 24-7. I probably worked 16 hour day, hours a day, seven days a week. And then I, we went to Park City, my wife and I, day 181. I was like, wow, it's good to see you again. Let's roll. It was a grind, but I think necessary in anything in life. I think right. when you blow it up, it's, it's not easy in the beginning. Heck yeah. So I want to ask you one thing. Do you think, because I'm really fascinated by you know, entrepreneurs and people, people that want to grow. Like there's a lot of people that just do stuff to just do stuff. And they're good with just the kind of the monotonous grind of just, they're just rolling. But it seems to me, and you know, I know you fairly well that yep. you, you're not good with just, hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. And I'm just going to sell a good living. Like yeah, yeah. there are a lot of real estate agents out there. A lot of just people, salespeople, anything. I'm just going to do pretty much the bare minimum totally, to have a decent life, to have a good life. But I'm really fascinated by people that scale and that they want to keep growing and pushing and create a group yeah. because there are a lot of people out there that just don't do that. They're, they're just, and, and we need those people, you know, that's, oh, yeah. it's, a, you know, right butt on the seat or right, right a seat on the bus, the butt, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> totally. Well, do you think that you had that on an early, at an early, early age? Like I'm talking elementary, junior high. Were you that natural leader with yeah. all your friends? Yeah. And so I, I saw it from the beginning. And so like, even for me, my brother who was super into basketball, he was that sixth grader who practiced at recess by himself. Right. And so I, I think I always took that mentality of do everything full gas pedal. And I, I think it's paid, it's paid off. And it, it's like you said, you just said, I think we need everyone. Right. And the mentality, it's taken a long time to understand like, hey, why, why wouldn't I go 100%? Right. And to be able to have balance in life. I haven't found it yet. I work towards it every day. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I For ask sure. you how you being present, uh, yeah. but it's definitely... Yeah, no, it's it's my DNA. It's who I am. No, that, that's awesome. And I I ask everybody that that I can when they're like, hey, you know, from an early age, because I think it's so fascinating because I had Keaton Hoskins on here and he asked me a good question that was like, hey, do you think people are born this way or made this way? And I'm like, man, that that is so What was your answer? Because, well, I think people, I think most people are, are born just naturally like that. It's personality. Like you just said, it's in their DNA. However, I do think people can be made into, but it's got to be the right situation in the right totally. way. And, but it's kind of hard because a lot of it is personalities yeah. because, you know, I grew up with, you know, I have an older sister an older brother and then a, a twin brother. He's a little bit younger. I was the planned when he was a mistake, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you know, all four of us are yeah. so different. You know, my older sister, she's an entrepreneur. She owns a grocery store up in Canada, which that's that's a, that's a, that's a difference. You know, that. Canada is a different yeah, that's yeah, a trip. Yeah. We were just up there actually. But like my my two middle brothers are just they're very very different. And I love them to death. Like and they work for me actually. They yeah. work for a company and it's just so fascinating to, and I used to think it was so negative because I 
looked at them and was like, dude, we grew up the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Why yeah. don't you like me? Why are we so different? Yeah, yeah. And I always used to say like, you know, my brother, you know, Apple doesn't fall from the tree. Man, he fell off in a different yeah. road. Like he's way over <laughs> yeah. there. But I started to understand him mature in business and life and say, wow, he, he just has a very different role. And what he's doing for us now, both of them are killing it in yep. what they do. But they, you know, don't want to do what I'm doing. And there's a lot of different are things. Are they behind the scenes? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. well, that one of them's an inventory manager. So he manages all the inventory, like, you know, over $100 million a year with inventory. Yeah. And then my other brother is director of uh, parts. So he does all the parts for the group. Okay. They're very good at what they do. So they're kind of behind the scenes, but kind of, you know, out there with the vendors and doing their thing like that. But they're not like me doing what I do. And I'm, I'm, I hope there's only one me because I don't think the world can handle another yeah, yeah. one. But <laughs> um, it's just so fascinating to be, you know, that we can grow up so differently and we can grow up or, or so the same and be so different. Yeah. And so I love that. Like, and most people I do interview, they are, they say exactly what you just said of, I was the kid on the playground doing the extra. Yeah. I was doing all yeah. that stuff and I was just a little bit different. Um, so I think that's awesome. Are you so, introvert or extrovert? I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah. Every party, man, I'm going to the people and be like, hey, I like your shoes. I like your bracelet. Yeah. I like your watch. Like, well, just, just yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. Like, I'm a hardcore introvert. Yeah. And so I, I think that's been, I think that's the one thing that you absolutely can train. Right. And from a, I wouldn't, I would say lead by action. I think I've always done it. Right. But like lead out front and in right. front of people. I think that can be learned. So how, let's get into that. How have you been able to overcome that? Because being who you are yeah. and leading a group, you almost can't be a super introvert. Now you can yeah. be a level-headed, just, you don't have to be like you're on Coke all the time and yeah, just yeah, yeah, fire yeah. people up. I got a guy that I know very well that, listens to this that you know he was in a sales meeting he stapled stuff to his forehead thing he's so excited <laughs> yeah. and literally blood dripping down his face like you don't all have to be like that yeah. but how have you been able to like i don't really want to call overcome yeah but how have you been able to work through that i think it's just understanding your mission and not even to be cheesy but like do you have value you can give that people need to hear right and so for me it's speaking i would say i'm a good speaker do i love it necessarily no i don't love it i think i'm good at it the feedback's great but it's, I think for me, and that, that goes into a deeper background, just like I have a message to deliver. So right. I have to go deliver it. And I think that's what I didn't realize for a while. And I think I kind of hid behind it. Like, eh, I'm not going to, not going to say my thing, do my thing. And then I think the, the second part to that is delegating to the right people. Right. And I think it's definitely, you can run, run the show sometimes. And then when you're drained, understand and delegate to someone right. who can help you. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me. We talked about balance. It's like a year or two years ago, there was no balance. It was right. like perform, perform, perform. And I'd go home and I'd be like, ah. Right. And then it's just, you find out how to delegate and where you can take off and then apply. For sure. I, I think for us younger people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, 16. Right. No. <laughs> right. Like, I, I think you have to be 18. Yeah, years. right. Don't, don't, for hope the board's not listening to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I think for young people, being self-aware yeah. and being able to do exactly what you just said of checking yourself and delegating. Delegating is so hard. Oh, yeah. So hard. Yeah. Especially when you are younger and yeah. you have so much energy totally. and you're like, I want to do it all. I yeah. want to do it all. I want to do it all. Someone asks you to speak. Yes. Someone do you delegate yes. a lot? No. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You I have gotta, to. Did I have 200 employees. Yeah. And I have, and that's just with our RV dealerships. I have a bunch of other different yeah. things going on. And I straight up tell people, especially when we get in a partnership, hey, I'm good at these things. Totally. I'm not good at these yeah. things. Yeah. Now, I can help and do things, but I'm not an accountant. I didn't go to school. Totally. You know, when I first got into the business, 
I didn't know what freaking debits and credits and oh, balance yeah. sheets, all that stuff. I had to learn yeah. all of that. Yeah. And so I have accountants. I have all, you know, a whole staff of, you know, corporate office and stuff full of people. But I'm like, I'm naturally like that. And, and everybody's like, you're always lazy. No, I'm not lazy. I'm just, I don't have the mental capacity to go try to do things I'm not good at. Yeah. And honestly, a, a guy helped me years ago that talked about the Sholin monks and how they master one trick a thousand times yeah. or one not trick, one thing, you yeah. know, one, whatever, a thousand times instead yeah. of a thousand different moves one time. Totally. And I'm like, wow, that, I'm just going to do what I'm good at. And everybody's, oh, you got to be good at everything. I'm more of, you have to be aware of everything and yeah. kind of know how it works. Yeah. But do I know how to build an RV? No. Yeah. Do I know how to work on have one? the company. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could probably figure it out, yeah. but I'm not going to sit there and spin my wheels and do yeah. it the most inefficient, terrible, botched totally. job ever. I'm going to get yeah. people to do it. But do I know that we need that? Yes. Yeah, Can I put the team together? Yes. Do I know we need service writers and service managers and how all that goes together? Yes. So, Delegating is very important. Yeah. A huge question I have. Let's kind of keep going along with your story here because yeah. I, I really think it's fascinating. Yeah. So you get your you get your license. You start going with Keller Williams. You you know you you hit it out of the. Why do you think you're able to just crush it from day one? I think for me the difference in the mentality that I have now and I absolutely preach residential real estate. I think gets a really bad name. Like you probably know 50 agents. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Maybe, so, I probably know. Yeah. Yeah. You probably know Just way more. Block yeah. Yeah. Literally. Agents. And so I, I think for like a massive difference with commercial and residential, like you walk in and typically in office in commercial, they're dialed, they're in suits, right. Running analysis after analysis. And then residential, it's just like, oh yeah. Like friends and family, who do you know who right. buy, sell, invest? Yep. And I think for me, it was, I'm going to get really good at one or two things. And for me, it's neighborhood and understanding like, why does this transact that way? Right. And so for me, it was, I'm an expert in a local pocket and I'll preach that and I'll hound on it. And I think that's, that's the massive difference with a lot of real estate agents. Like they, they get in cause they can go make a $30,000 paycheck if they sell aunt Sally's house. Right. And it's like, aunt Sally runs out. There's not hundreds she of moving every week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> And so I think for me, it was just perspective of knowing that like, hey, I can make a living and I can provide for so many people if I take it super serious. Right. And so for me, that's just been, I think anything I've done in life, I've honestly taken a little too serious. Right. But I think it's the reason why we're here. You kind of have to at the beginning, right? Because there are other people that will. Yeah. And, you know, I heard the story with, uh, it was on a podcast I was listening to about Michael or Kobe. And why was Kobe so great? And why did he do the things that he did and all these things? And, you know, he went in there at 4.30 in the morning and Kobe was already practicing. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, I yeah, heard yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he was like, uh, I'll, I'll keep the story going for all, all my listeners. But he said, hey, come to practice tomorrow. You know, I'll be here at 4 a.m. Yeah. Okay, cool. So he was thinking he was going to get there at 3.30 and beat Kobe, right? Well, he was in there at 3.30 and said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, practice starts at 4. The pre-practice starts at 3. You're late. And he's, that's what, what makes those people so much different. And I think with you in real estate, like you saw that from an early, did you have a mentor, like someone saying, Hey, you have to do it so different and so serious to be successful or it's not going to work. Did you have someone in your ear? Or was it just a natural feeling, like a, a gut feeling, a true gut feeling that says, I have to be so different and do things different than, and create a culture, which we'll get into yeah. like a freaking culture. Like yeah. you have created something yeah, yeah. that it's is infectious, yeah. right? 
how did that come? Like, was it just a burning desire, burning feeling? Yeah. I think for me, it was, I didn't have necessarily one. I would say I probably had 10. And so genuinely had 10. And so I'd walk into the office and I mean, some of the best agents in the state of Utah, I was two doors away from. And so I think for me, it's just speaking to people about being a sponge. And so taking from Josh Stern, who sold thousands and thousands and runs one of the biggest teams in the country and coaches everywhere in the country and just listening and hearing what his perspective is to, hey, my dad's been in it for 13 years. What does he do? And so I think for me, it was just really, really learning. And then also when I got my license, I was 20, yeah, I was 21. And so I'm, I'm just looking at my friends and they have normal jobs. I mean, waiters, valet for when they were in college. Right. And I was like, there's not many people who have the opportunity right. to be able to do what I can go do. And it, for me, it was like, why don't I take this serious? And then this is super funny. Lee Stern, who I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I used to, two attires, I'd show up to the office. I'd show up in a suit or in gym clothes. And Lee Stern pulled me aside and she's like, honey, you're dealing with multi-million dollar clients and you look like you're about to go clean my garage. Get your <laughs> act together. And so from that day on, I was like, okay. Like, really? We got to take it serious. Yeah. Heck yeah. Most people our age think that they know everything. Yeah. And most people in life think they know everything. Yeah. How how were you able to kind of have that level where you were like, okay, I'm not going to try to come in here and act like I know everything and I'm going to be a sponge and I'm going to grab mentors. There are a lot of people that I talk to that are like, oh, like, do, do you think I should get a mentor? I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what are you trying to do by yourself? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that takes like millennials, I yeah. think, often takes like the path of least resistance, right? Oh. I mean, it just kind of naturally, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's anybody, yeah. but I, how am I going to work so much harder? I'm going to work smarter. I'm going to go yeah. grab everybody that knows what they're doing more than I do, create the team, boom, off to the races and yeah. I'll learn on the way. Yeah. How important do you think that was or how are you able to do that and put your feeling aside? I know it's probably part of your personality because yeah. you said you're more of an introvert. So you totally. just kind of sit there and want to learn yeah. and, and be that sponge. Yeah. But if you're starting out in anything, I think, I think it's super important. Do you think that was a huge part of your success? Do you how important do you think that is? Yeah, I, I I think it's massively important, but that wasn't me. Like genuinely wasn't me in really? the first six months. So yeah, I I walked in looking at the numbers board, the top people in the room saying, I'm going for everyone's neck in, in an unhealthy way. Like I don't care what anyone tells me, who gives me advice, I'm gonna be number one. And I think that it's a really interesting balance. Like that fed the fire, right? But it also caused me a lot of ache. Right. Because I was like, I don't want to. Yeah, Josh, no. Like, I'm, I got me. Like, I got I'm you. good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely, and then it just took me a couple experiences of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, right. Why not go learn from these people? They've done right. it before. And then I, yeah, I mean, it's everything we do now. Delegate and learn and have right. a mentor. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I even watch you on Instagram. It looks like you have a bunch of them. I think it's so critical to have people who, who, who you actually know care about you. Right. And they know, and you know why they want you to do well. Right. And I think it's, and I could go on and on how no, important they are. That That's huge. And it, what, another thing that I like what you just said is you didn't quit. Yeah. Usually when people start something, especially I'm not here to say anything bad about agents, but a lot speaking or generally speaking, they get their license, they go out there, they join a brokerage or yeah. whatever, and they get their teeth knocked in oh, and yeah. they don't sell a house and like, okay, peace, I'm out. I'm yeah. going to go serve, yeah. you know, like half asset now. I'm, I'm all into the beginning I got my teeth kicked in. Now I'm going to go serve. And oh, by the way, I'm a real estate agent, yeah. but I, you know, I'm a server over here, but I still, I, I'm a real estate agent. Yeah. I think it has like the second highest failure rate. Really? Yeah. Of the Why workforce. do you think that is? You think it's from saturation or it's just a tough, a tougher industry than what 
the public sees because I don't see, yeah. I mean, when I'm buying a house, it's some contracts, it's this yeah. and that and the other, and I'm signing DocuSign or DotLoop, whatever you, real estate agency use, and boom, out of there. You know, I, I have so many reasons, I think, and I speak on this all the time, that I got my license to sell someone's most often, typically the average person, their largest asset in 31 days is a problem. Like that's a fundamental problem that I can do that in 30 days. Right. I think it's you, most people get into real estate in a thriving real estate market, which we were in three months ago. Right. Or they have a Jason who needs to sell their house or Aunt Sally or Jack wants to sell their house down the street. And Oh no, where does deal number two come from? Right. And so I think it's a, to be honest, I don't think it's that hard of an industry, but it, it is hard to go, go, go. Right. And that part is not talked about. Is it pretty hard to get started? And then once you're up, it's almost like a, you know, a big jumbo jet, you know, they get off these most of their fuel and they're up there at cruising altitude and you're just kind of cruising and maintaining and you kind of created that, that machine, but it took a lot of work to get there. Yeah. That's what I don't think actually real estate is like that. And so I think that's one of the hard things. And that's why people don't last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Right. It's not an industry where you can get to the top. And just cruise. Yeah. It's which, just Which has been annoying and kind of really weird. And so, like, I love the work ethic piece, but it's the day you go silent about real estate right. is the day you stop getting calls. Right. And so it's not, it's not a subscription. It's like, turn it on, turn it off. They're calling you. Right. So I, I think there's a bunch of reasons, but I think the number one failure rate is because it's way too easy to get your license. And then like we talked about earlier, people don't take it serious. It's right. like, well, y'all send Jason some DocuSign. Yeah. And then, sign. Well, then it's like, hey, you know, now my cousin, sister, brother's <laughs> aunt is a real estate agent. She wants to sell your house. Yeah. Dude, I don't have a relationship with her. Yeah. And at least for me, I like to have relationships with people and trust people. And I know things can go crazy. And then you got all these, you know, we got homie out there and all yeah. kinds of different things. You don't know what's up and what's down. And yeah. then, you know, especially with, a lot of things like with this house, it was a little bit of a, a battle with the other agent. And, oh yeah, you know, having a good agent on your side, I think is really important. Yeah, you could almost say like it's like a jumbo jet that never cruises altitude; it's just yeah. always climbing. Yeah, yeah, and as it, absolutely. You know, it's just always going there, and it's just work. Because I, I now thinking about it, you're right. I know a lot of people that are big in real estate, like Paul Benson from Park City. Oh yeah, he's always posting. oh he's always going, I mean, and he just sold the most expensive house yeah. in Utah. Yeah, and he's always posting, and posting. And Jimmy Rex, yeah, posting, post. Like all these guys are you know top top oh, guys yeah. or you know up there. And they're always hustling, always working yeah. because at the end of the day, like you're building kind of the brand totally. and culture around yeah. an individual, yeah. right? Social media, I think might change it. And so that's so. going to be really interesting right. to see if you can, if you can feed a clientele without, you have to go to the country club every other weekend. Right. Thing. So it's going to be. Because it is a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say kissing butt, but it is a lot of networking. No, it is. And I, I think that that's honestly been like, if we're going to go personal, that's been part of the reason why I wanted to create a team so bad. Really? It was, do I really, I've proven to myself I can sell any home in Utah, but do I really want to network with these people every other day of my life? Right. And that's, it's kind of the life you live. If you want to crush it in real estate, you have to pick. So let's get in there. Let's get in how, so you go from Keller, you're in Keller Williams. Yep. So are you still Keller Williams or it was real broker? So, okay. Real broker. Best brokerage on the planet. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, let's go into how you, or why you, you kind of just said it a little bit, but so you're, you're having success. Now the transition to the Perry group, because there are a lot of, I think, very important things by creating a group and a, more importantly, a brand yeah. where people can see, they trust, they, they see your stuff everywhere. I totally. see all over Salt Lake City. Yeah. I see all over social media. I went to your wedding with, I feel like 150 people that work oh, with yeah. Perry Group. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. how have you been able to, and you've been able to do, do it super successful with younger 
yeah. agents. How was the transition and, and you know, go into deeper why you made the transition to a group and creating your own thing? Yeah, I, I think it, and it sounds cliche, but it's culture. Like er, everything about me has always been, I know I'm an introvert, but it's always been team. Right. Like whether it's family, my best friends or sports, everything's been team. And so I was sitting, I think it was month nine of real estate and I had made BOGO bucks for what I was used to. And it was like, this is lonely. Like I'm collecting paychecks, but I'm the least fulfilled I've ever been. Really? I don't feel like I'm helping anyone because I'm not emotional. I think Ryan, Ryan Flint was on your podcast and he was talking emo, residential is emotional. Right. And I was like, I don't wake up fired up to sell people houses. I wake up to lead people to be great at my job. Right. And so for us, it was how many people can we bring into a community to where we can actually change their life? And so for me, like my, my work history was I went to college. I have two job interviews, LA Fitness and Chipotle. Didn't get either of them. Really? Either. And so I was like, there's got to be- Chipotle, you, you missed out on the- Yeah, right? The real college tuition, here. I right. think. I think for me, it was how many people have a, a similar story to me where I think we can provide opportunity. And that at the end of the day, it was when we're three people, can we provide opportunity to five? When we're 30, can we provide opportunity to 31? Right. So you totally believe in, was Jim Rohn used, used to say, you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want? Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting that you created a team to help people or yeah. to help other agents. Is, is that pretty much what yeah. you're saying? And, right? and that's still what it is. That's the culture that we live and die on is that's our mission. Can we provide opportunity for people so they can change their families? Really? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard of a person in real estate, man, I don't know. I have to think about this and I'm probably going to get destroyed on social media <laughs> about the sole purpose or the sole reason they created a brokerage or, or not created a brokerage, created a team was to help more people. That's interesting because usually it's, okay, I can sell round numbers, 10 houses myself. Yeah. If I get this guy on my team, okay, he's going to sell 10 houses. Okay, it's 20. If I can get him and I'm just trying to duplicate my efforts for, for Michael yeah. or for Jason. Like yeah. I'm trying to, you know, if I can duplicate that with a hundred people, I'm selling a thousand houses a yeah, month. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's totally. freaking insane, but God, that's interesting. And that goes right into, you know, culture. You've, how do you think you've been able to attract now being popular and good looking <laughs> aside? Okay. That's everything. <laughs> I know. You're I know. screwed if you don't have that. <laughs> Quit now. How have you been able to attract people to your group? Cause there are other, obviously there are other groups out there and you, you went from, basically from nothing to boom, the top group, the top group yeah. in Utah, not just one of them, the top group. Yeah. You have that trophy, got the belt. Oh yeah. And how have you been able to do that so successfully at a young age? I think that's fascinating with younger people at such a professional level. Yeah. I, I think you believe in what you do. And I think I was, I was thinking driving here like, Hey, what, what sets our, our culture apart? And I think the easiest reason to love a culture and be a part of a culture is to absolutely believe in what you do. And so we've, I mean, there's books and books and podcasts written on how to run a real estate team. And we've kind of 180 done everything different. It's really? like, can we keep more money in the agent's pocket? And in the intern, we'll make our, our peace because they'll stay with us forever. Right. That's what most real estate teams do. It's tagline of, oh, I'll train you to start your own real estate team. It's like, man, that sounds lone. That sucks. And so for us, it was how long can we keep these people? How much can we provide for these people? And then everything I think that we do is energy. It's right. just, do I want to come to work and be with these people? Right. And do we want to give opportunity to these people? And, and the, the 10, 15, 20 year season vets, 
We really don't have any interest in them. Really? We, yeah, we don't. We don't want them coming to us and saying, "Hey, this is how we do things." We want. We want mm, corporate. Powerful. We want tech. We want saying, "Hey, I have a great work ethic. Help me provide. Help me get there." Right. That's super powerful, man. Because I think that there's so much. I wouldn't say bad, or but there's so much. It's like that weight dragging you down. When you yeah. get that person that like, we've been doing this for 25 years and this is how we're going to keep yeah. doing it. And I'm like, well, that's why you're only, you know, I say that yeah. dealership, but that's why you're only one dealer. And yeah. you know, in two and a half years, I've gone from one to eight totally. and from, you know, 10 million to a hundred million a year. Yeah. And you're still, you're one dealership and I'm totally. buying it from you. Yeah. Like yeah, we're in this right? transaction. <laughs> like I, and it's interesting because every single owner I've ever bought a dealership from is you're going to, you're going to fail. I can't believe you're doing it that way. What are you paying that person way too much money? And I'm like, dude, Trust me. Yeah. And then we're way, way more successful yeah. than they ever were because of our culture and how we treat people. I think that's very fascinating that that you've been able to do that at such a a young age and totally. like a, a young, like quick. And you almost purposely, like you just said, you don't want that yeah. that heavy weight. And there are there's value. Like old wisdom is such totally. so so valuable. Yeah. But when you're when it's negatively affecting how you operate, that's when I have an issue. Well, right? I I think there's two pieces of it, and I'm sure you can speak the same on it. For us, we struggle with people who are hard headed because that's not who we are. Right. Like if we if we have mistakes or if we need to change, we'll change in a heartbeat. But so it's twofold because we believe in what we do and we'll stick to the guns, but we'll also change on a dime. Right. And so for us, it's it's people who come in young, old, seasoned, not seasoned, saying, hey, this is how I'm going to do things. It's like, I mean, you look at our leadership team, who I think is the best in real estate, and they're open right. to just about everything. And so for us, it's like, yeah, not today. I'll hold the door. Do you think it's because you've created such a winning culture that people have such a burning desire and passion to win that if they see a path to win, okay, we'll change. Yeah. But on that path, they're so passionate. They're so on fire for what they're what they're doing. Totally. That you've created that. Hey, we're rolling. We're doing this. Yeah. Hey, by the way, guys, we're having a leadership or management meeting. Here's this. Boom. We all buy into it because we're just passionate to yep. win. Yeah. You think that's been a huge piece of it? Yeah. No. I, I'm literally getting a neon sign that says "We play to win." That really? goes right behind me. And so that I mean that is our that's everything we do. Culture. And it, it's not always about winning, but having that mentality of you show up to win, you play to win. Right. You meet people to win. That's huge. How many agents do you got with you guys? We are at about 70 right now. 70 agents. Not at 200. No, no, <laughs> no. I don't, but mine are, mine are employees. You're probably are not a yeah. not independent actually, contractor. You're, you know, <laughs> aspirations to do that once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's huge, man. I, uh, like 70 agents. That's awesome. What is the most important thing do you, most important aspect that you've been able to create within your culture, within your team? I think for me is, there's two things. I think from our leadership and staff, they would take their shirt off for anyone to, really? to help anyone. I think that's, you kind of referenced it earlier, The why our culture is so different is because the people who we've chosen to take the sword, go lead people, right. are incredible people. Like we know who they are. We know who their family is. We dive into, if you don't see how we see things, and not even like a locked vision, but like if you're not willing to go the extra mile every time for someone, right? we want no part of it. And I think that's led into the agents. And then we've been super public. Like culture is everything for us. Like I, I don't want to be weighed down by people or anything. And so for us, it's, it's an electric culture that has a ton of energy 
But what's weird is I feel like a lot of times you get young and selfish. Like those two right. kind of go hand in hand in our world. Right. And so for us, we just don't let it happen. It's like I was literally having a conversation 10 hours ago with a guy who was saying, hey, I don't like this. I don't like this. And it's like, well, this might not be the right fit for right. you. So and then you redeploy them out into the agent force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. What are some things you're doing on a daily basis to help your culture? Morning huddles. So I, it, it goes back to what you were talking before. This is being in office. I think that's. Yeah. You, you, like you said, you just got a, a new office. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. So you built this. I mean, just, we, we talked to this off air. So yeah. Michael just got a, or the Perry group just got a new office. You basically built your entire group virtually. Totally. And you have good culture. Yeah. We were. That's uh, tough. We were a group of 20 when we were in an office and then the pandemic hit and we went remote. Uh, just about everything went remote and then we stayed remote. And so for us, we're two weeks back into the office and having morning huddles and leadership meetings. I think the biggest thing, especially when we're talking teams, for like a culture of five people, 10 people, I wouldn't say this is necessarily the advice, but we are so strict on who we allow to represent our culture. And so really? we, we've designated the correct leaders who can take us to the right place. And so for us, it's morning huddles, it's, it's Slack channels, it's group messages, we have pods. There's so many things that we do that we've really figured out as we've gone remote. It's cool, but at the end of the day, young or old, people love people. Right. And they need people more than anything. Right. No, I... I 100% agree with that. It, we were remote. I mean, we never actually, I've never had an actually an office, um, but we went from nothing to 100 million yeah, that's crazy. at that computer right there. It sounded cool, but you know, it's, it's, really, it's really tough and you kind of get not really depressed. You just get bummed because you just want to be around people. And yeah. I travel a lot, way too much. And my, everybody in the office is, man, we miss you. Like we haven't seen you. Like it's boring around here because I'm always cracking jokes and doing something stupid in the office. Yeah. And How do you deal with that? With what? The travel piece. Oh my gosh, dude. Staff. It's tough. Yeah. So I have a really, really good staff that is unfreaking believable. And I believe I have one of the best assistants in the world. And she takes care of a lot of stuff. Yeah. My COO literally is probably 90, 95% of the Helgen RV group. That's He's cool. phenomenal. And I say that because he is such a good operator. And they know. And most of the time I'm traveling with the with you know, my, my employees, my staff, yeah. Yeah. but I also have a lot of other businesses that I'm traveling for and they understand that. But like, I, you know, I'm sending out emails three, four five o'clock in the morning when I'm oh, up yeah. or when I'm traveling with what's, you know, I, they know that I'm always working. I'm constantly working and I'm so engaged. And, you know, we talked about being present. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, that I checked myself is I've always like, I've been present, but like being a hundred percent present when I'm, when I'm sitting in the, whatever company I'm in totally. or whatever business I'm, you know, that day I'm juggling all these different companies I have, be 100% present with that employee or that person or give it all. Because if you're worried about every other thing, like thank God for work. D&D on my phone because every time I'm in a meeting, <laughs> yeah. I'm in D&D &D and I'm yeah. focused on you because I'm like, I hear my phone vibrate, yeah. squirrel, I'm over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But they know what I'm doing and I'm out there always promoting everything that yeah. I do. And I'm trying to build my personal brand for us. Like I, I totally believe like you were talking about before, why you created your your uh your team was I want to help all of our our team like a rising tide raises all ships totally. right and everybody's got to eat I was yeah. saying everybody's yeah, got to yeah, eat yeah, I yeah. just want to make my table bigger so we can all eat yeah we all want better food so yeah. they know that I'm out there hustling like last night I was at a birthday party you know networking talking to people oh, yeah. and I met a, some insane people that 
collab with and do different things with the RV groups and a couple of the things I have. I'm always, there's always a, like a networking side of me that I'm just trying to better myself. And I, and I don't ever say that like I'm trying to use anybody. Yeah. I'm trying to help everybody. I'm, oh, yeah. And I love- Connector. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Connector. I know yeah. f- everybody, yeah, man. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I, I just want to help people or you have a need, I can fulfill it. Or you need this, I can fulfill it. Hey, what can I do to help you? And I'm just trying to serve. And I never expect anything back because yeah. I don't, I'm, this sounds weird. I don't like things. Like I don't like being given things. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, thank you. Cool, whatever, yeah. bye. I'd rather do something for somebody else. Yeah. And so if I can be that person that helped that individual, I'm like, oh, awesome. And I look at like my, my, my team, if I can help you, I look at it like we're providing jobs for 200 plus totally. people. We're paying out a lot of money. Like I have probably not as much as you guys in real estate, but millions of dollars a month in payroll. And that, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're doing all of these things and I'm like, that's all I want to do is keep growing that. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's tough though. It's, it's tough to balance that with work, with traveling all over the place. Like I'm, I was, you know, I don't know. I've been gone a lot and I'm home for two days. Yeah. I'm gone this weekend. I'm home for one. I'm not even home for a day. Then I leave. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's tough, but I'm just grinding. And thank God I have a wife that is Amen um, to unbelievable that, that yeah. supports me. And I drag her everywhere. Yeah. She's definitely got a drug problem because she's being <laughs> drug everywhere, but she's amazing. She's awesome. She yeah. supports me in everything I do or everything we do. We do it together. Um, but it's late to that one. It's been tough. Yeah. Dom is freaking She's amazing. Amazing. And, oh, yeah. and she, I see her little hustling, doing her little interior design thing too. Yeah. How has it been able to, to do that balance and to be able to, yeah, cause from outside looking in, it's like you have your thing and you kind of working almost kind of on your own. I mean, I know yeah. you do flips and things like that. Totally. I um, mean, you're working together. How has it been able to collab with pretty much your wife or pretty much your wife? She is your wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was on a podcast about six months ago and I said, it's been incredible to watch in two things. It, it's been incredible to watch. It's also been hard and we we've grown so much from it. And it's, it's been really cool. So we focus, her and I, our, our little business is just lug, luxury flips because I think it's fun. She's incredible at interior design. Right. That's what she went to school for, right? Or did she go to uh, school No, for she went to school for economics. Oh, a little, little left turn there. Yeah, yeah. Way left turn. But she's, she's amazing. Good. I mean, yeah. I, I follow her on Instagram yeah. and what you guys are doing is, I mean, some of these houses are gorgeous. All yeah. of them are gorgeous, yeah. man. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. So it's been, it's been cool. And then it's also been amazing we're both super self-aware of hey do we need to stop talking about work do we where's the balance but i think it's really cool to do it and it's like you and mikhail to do it with someone with a partner who you love there's no agenda behind it right and it's like if we had a hard day well we had a hard day and that sucks we're gonna do it again tomorrow right and there's no there's never like oh why didn't you do that it's just like today was hard tomorrow will be better right i think it's I mean, it's a blast. I would say that's where a majority of the passion is. Right really? Now. Yeah. Is in those luxury flips with Dom? Yeah. How, what is the biggest piece of advice you could give me? Yeah. I might struggle with it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. And you know, people out there of, of working with a significant other or their, you know, wife, family, yeah. kids, whatever. Because there's a lot that goes into that. If you were just talking to me, what biggest advice would you give me? I think the biggest thing is understanding personalities. And so for me, and this is something I've, I've learned recently. So Dom, she's very detail oriented to where for me, like I'm delegator, let's get it done. Right. And so when we're in, we're in these remodels, she notices things that have been done wrong. And I notice the things that have been done and oh my goodness, there's so much progress. Right. She's like, oh, I see X, Y, and Z. So for me, it used to be like frustrating. How are you not stoked about this? Right. And then I just realized like, that's her personality. And that's not a con, that's her job. 
these houses would suck if she didn't have that eye to see those things. It's been really interesting. I think just pursue, withdraw, pursue, withdraw, like I pursue, she withdraws and understanding that, hey, like that's her lane. You have to let her stay in it. I have to do my lane. And I mean, man, we talk about it all the time. We read books on it, listen to podcasts. We've gone through classes together. Really? Yeah. So that's awesome. So talking about personalities, do you use like the DI, like the disc or do you use the colors disc? Yeah. So she's a C personality or what a D? Yep. So I'm, I'm DI and she is, she's either S or C. I think she's at C. C is detail oriented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, She's C. Which, so if you're building a team of people, how important do you think that is learning personalities and how people operate? I think it's really important for for staff and to help understand, but I would not live and die by that hit. Right. So I, I I've seen so many, I've been in so many real estate masterminds where say if you're gonna hire this, they have to be a DI. For me, I I think it's important, but people change. Right. And it's I, I just preach like stick to your guns, but don't be rigid right. in everything. And it's okay to say this is the criteria I'd like. Yeah. And this is what we're shooting for. Like, let's be real. If I'm in the NFL world and I'm going to own an NFL team, my quarterback's probably going to look like Tom Brady. Like that's probably yeah, yeah, like right. My, my, <laughs> like, we call it like a quote unquote avatar. The person that we build, if I was to stick a stick pers- a, a perfect person yeah. into that position, it probably looked like Tom Brady, tall, handsome, yeah, yeah. throw the ball, yeah. you know, whatever. But you know, like we might get a Johnny Manziel. It's a little short guy that can sell totally. the ball and you might not, not really settle for that, but that you might pivot that. So I do agree that what you just said is so important is that you don't pigeonhole yourself into a certain, that you live and die by that. Yeah. How important it is for your team to know what personality you are? I think it's super important to know me as a leader and then the other people who we've surrounded right. ourselves with. And I, I don't know, I, I've heard so many takes on this, like, hey, how much do you allow them into your personal or private life? And for me, I'm a pretty open book because I, I think it's important to see who I am as a human. Right. And like, I think that's what's really cool about social media and like this podcast alone. It's like you, you get into, you get to listen to a couple episodes or you get to look at your Instagram. It's like, oh, right. I know Jason a little better. Right. And I think, I think it's so important. Then like I, I look at my brother behind a computer, genuinely one of the smartest people I know. It's important that people understand who he is right. and why he operates like this. And I, I think it makes everyone so much more effective when you truly know who the actual person is who you're dealing with. For sure. Do you tell people, hey, if you're hiring a new person or you're bringing on a new agent, kind of really hire them, but you know, you're bringing on a new agent. Do you tell them, hey, you know, here's our uh, manual and here's all the personalities of everybody and it's all this nice little book or do you pretty much just say, you know, how, how do you go about that? For, for people to really know you, yeah. is it a conversation you have? Is it a, because sometimes mine is a conversation I have. Look, I operate like this. Yeah. You can't give me a 40 page email. You got to give me three or four bullet points and that might be in three or four different emails. Oh, yeah. Like you have to just do it where I'm quick, 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 quick yeah. and make, I, I'm not going to sit here and read an hour email. Do you yeah, tell it, it's, that? All, it's all conversation. It's conversation through me or like you said earlier, I think I have the best assistant in the world. And right. so for, it's definitely setting, it's not like a, hey, A through Z, act, speak to me like this, do, do this like this, pretentious or anything like that. But I, I definitely feel if I need to voice who I am to a certain person, that conversation has to be had. Or I have to delegate it right. to like my assistant, for example, who will have that conversation with exactly who I am and how I operate. Like I'm one of the most ADD people in the world. And I finally got it to, I'm almost always functioning at a high level. But right. that took so much work of like, yeah, 
leave me in my corner for a little bit. Right. Like, don't ask me questions kind of thing. Right. And you got to have those conversations or it's just going to be. Well, and it brings it back to what you said earlier is being so self-aware of what you're good at and how you totally. are. Totally. Because a lot of people are in kind of in denial about how they operate. And I'm like, no, dude, like, you're yeah. exactly, you're terrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever this. Yeah. No, that, that, that's huge, man. I, I think that's so important that, that you have those conversations with people because at the end of the day, you're just trying to win. And it yeah. goes back to the culture you're trying to yeah. create, right? You're not trying to, you're not trying to hide things from people. And you really want them to be involved and to know and to totally. how are things going and you, and how, how hard is, has it been being such an introvert of having hard conversations with people? Because I get asked this all the time. How do you, this person's doing, Jason, and they call me up, what's going on? Hey, I have an, you know, an employee or someone's doing this. How do yeah. I talk to him? Yeah. And, you know, we go through that. How hard has it been for you or how big of a learning curve or those conversations being an introvert? Because yeah. that's naturally not your personality, totally. especially being an I personality. Yeah. You're there to party, have fun. You yeah. don't want anybody to be mad at each other. You're just, yeah. you know, what can we do to yeah. win, you know, help? And totally. how's it going to be fun? You know, the D in you definitely wants to have those conversations, but the I will always be like, but, but, no, but yeah. you know, because yeah. we're very similar. I know exactly yeah. how that is. And learning to do that is, is yeah. key. How have you been able to get through that and have those conversations that are straight up and just say, Hey, this is what's going on. And this is what's yeah. up. I've been in real estate five and a half, six years. And so I, I think this is a really cool story for me. Probably the first four years, three, four years, I was horrific at hard conversations. Really? And then I had a, I, I had a couple things happen to where I didn't have those conversations that like stressed me to the max, gave me anxiety, pushed me against a wall. And it, I, I just kind of had one of those turning points. I'm doing the people a massive disservice by not having these hard conversations. Wow. Like at the end of the day, I'm hurting myself, my family, That's my wife. huge. By not having these hard conversations. And I, I just remember, I think it was Craig Rochelle. He leads a church. He leads like 41 across the country. And he was like, you're doing a disservice to people if you're not being straight up with. Them. And wow. it was like, yeah, that's a simple statement, but it, it just makes, it normalizes conversation. Like, right. oh, you just have to have it. Right. I generally find that people like to be talking to straight up because they don't like to guess. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, you know, where should we go out to eat? Well, I think we should go here. No, we should go here. No. And then you're trying to get, just tell me yeah. before, yeah. like, if you have an emotive that you want to go to Texas Roadhouse, yeah. just, hey, Jason, yeah. we'll go to Texas Roadhouse. We'll go to Texas Roadhouse. But I'm sitting here guessing every, you know, restaurant in Davis County. Oh, yeah, right. Where we're trying to go. Yeah. I had a, I had a bunch of my agents and some of my best friends. They would tell me like, hey, like, I know you're not super straight up, like with having these conversations. So it was like enough of those comments. Like, I'm right. done. And so, like, even now, I'm it's the like, captain now. Yeah, it's just a, it's such a trigger. Like, even if I like, if you haven't talked to me in a couple of years, and I hear that, it's like PTSD. Right. So, how have you been able to work with friends so well? I mean, there's a lot of friends. Yeah, you get close friends as you yeah. grew up with. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I mean, I've gotten so much advice not to do it, but I think I mean, you may be able to speak to. I'd love to hear what your opinion is after. But it's when you work with people you love and you know them beyond a surface level to where you know what their agenda is. It makes work easier and it makes life easier. Right. And so for me, it was, no, it's not been easy. And the, the hard conversation with friends, that's like a really yeah, that's weird boundary. 10X, you know, the, yeah. the anxiety factor of that yeah. one. Yeah. But I, I think for me, it was like, would I rather show up to a workplace where I don't know my people more than work? Or would I show up to people where I can absolutely change their lives? Right. And we took the latter. And that that's awesome because I see you guys traveling together. Yeah. I see you doing stuff together. Like your wedding was a what's your was take? Right. 
Because you work I, with I, family. I, ooh, yes, I do. Um, see, my personality naturally is I'm a pretty straight up person. I take that back. I really don't like to have hard conversations. Yeah. I do delegate those hard conversations, yeah. but it's weird. The closer I am with you, the more straight up I can be. And yeah. usually it's the opposite of people. But like my best friends, like especially my best friend in uh, construction, like I can tell him like, hey man, I don't like this or I don't like that. And he's cool with that. My brother, I had one of the hardest conversations I've ever had with anybody taking my brother to eat one day and said, dude, you're failing at your job. You have 30 days. I'm going to let you go. And Oof. I know that your, your family is banking on this yeah. income. I'm going to let you go in 30 days. And he checked me, threw it back on me and was like, well, you never showed me. And so I'm okay. Look, we're having a good conversation. It ended up being one of the greatest things to ever happen cool. to us because he, he took that conversation and just rolled with what I wanted him to do and has created one of the best inventory management programs in the entire RV industry. Yeah. And he's killing it. And we've recently, we've had to have a really, really hard conversation. And I have to kind of just put my CEO hat on yeah. and to say, and I tell him, Hey, I love you to death. Yeah. You're my brother, but I'm going to talk to you. Like I would talk to anybody else. And we're going to have a real conversation. And I want to just talk about this. And yeah. so I kind of set that expectation, but it's hard. But at the end of the day, they, if you do stuff with love yeah. and, and it sounds, people always, I got asked one time, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to an entrepreneur or owner of a business? Just love your people. I heard if, that if you, yeah, from you. Yeah, yeah. If, if you come from a area in your heart that you're really trying to do the best for them, yeah. how is that conversation hard? Yeah, That's how I look at yeah. it. So if I'm really trying to, and now if I'm trying to screw you over, yeah. those are hard conversations. Now, if you, that's an easy conversation with you, I would check yourself and you need to go to self-help reading yeah. or something <laughs> yeah, right. like that because that's just a, a sneaky, sneaky person, yeah. right? But if you truly appreciate and you truly love your people and you're coming with those hard conversations, like if yours, hey, you might not be doing sales or networking or marketing or yeah. doing the right things, or hey, keep screwing up this paperwork, like I'm going to have that conversation and set you up to win. Like, yeah. let's keep winning. Let's totally. have, like, I, I don't want you to fail. If they really feel that, that's an easy conversation. Yeah. Because why would a hard conversation be that hard if you just wanted to win? That. So that's always been my mindset. I'm doing this out of love and doing this to help you. And we're, we're men about it, women about yeah. it. Like we, we just have, hey, if it's working, it's working. If it's not, it's not. And we have those hard Has conversations. Has that always been easy for you to have those hard conversations? No. Yeah. No, it's definitely taken me a little bit to, uh, of experience of dealing with people to, to learn that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm naturally in high personality. I want a party and I'm on the, the people side of the, the quadrant. Yeah. And I just want to everybody love each other and yeah. just to have a good time and everybody to be included. And so it's been hard to like power through that and say, okay, like at the end of the day, like I have to do what's best for the company. And I always say, look, the success and the, the successes and failures of the company can't rise and fall in one person. So now my people side comes out and I'm like, well, you are hurting other people. Like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, like totally. I look at it more like that of, hey, I'm protecting the mothership. We got to have this hard conversation. So that's yeah. how I look at it. Amen to that. It, it, it makes light. And that that's what you're speaking my language. It's, I mean, for years I dealt with the backlash of having roundabout conversations. Right. And now it's, I mean, even my assistant, she's been my assistant long enough to where she's seen both sides. Me hate hard conversations and me be good at hard conversations. Right. And she'll be like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it was easy. Like, we're right. good. Right. So Not amen that. to that. That's awesome, man. And I, I, I love what you're doing out there. You're absolutely, you're killing it. And I Thank love you. that. You know the pair. I see the pair group everywhere, man. I I feel like every time we're I trying Instagram, you you you're doing wrapping this up. What is next for the pair group? 
I think the next thing for us, it took us so long to get to an office space and community. And we've done so well at a high level, but we really want to take market share. And so there, there's never in the state of Utah been real market share in residential real estate. Really? And so for us, it's, can we build an elite brand, which I think we've established, but now can we attract just as many elite people right. to where we, we take 5% then we take 10% of the market and where those sales come, come through us. And it's, it's definitely, it's through branding, it's through people. Yeah, it's being with people, collabing with people, trying to take it. That's awesome. One thing I do want to ask you that I've been meaning to ask, and we'll go over long because I think this is this is important. How have you been able to attract the all-star, the firepower of people that you've been able to attract? I get asked this yeah. all the time. I think brand is everything and brand is so important. So I, I think it goes to the culture piece, love your people. And I think you you see you see a couple things. You see love your people done really well. And then the brand is trash or you right. see the brand is incredible, but I know who runs the company. They're slimy. Right. And so I think it's, it's that fine balance of we have an elite brand. And when you come in, we are exactly who you thought we were. Like we're real people, we're good people and we deliver. And I think that is absolutely everything. Giving people a world-class experience. And then secondly, we live in a world that just wants things to be a little easier. And that's not a con, right. but can we bring in people to make their lives easier so they can go make more money? That's as simple as what we do. That's huge. If you're if you're just helping someone start out or, you know, advice or, you know, whatever it is, and you wanted, you know, you're helping me to create that environment. What are some of the biggest things that you've been able to do to create that environment of that that culture in both where the brand's legit, your team's legit, what you say you do? Yeah. who you are, you're honest, all these things. How do you lay that foundation? Better together. And that sounds cheesy, but find find a couple people who you want to do it with. And so I was a solo agent in the beginning, and then I found my dad and one of my best friends, and we just did it together. And it was find people who can help push the boundaries of everything you do. But with that said, find people who you absolutely trust. And oh, love working with, and it makes, I would it it makes it easier, but it it makes the hard times what I think is more important. The ten o'clock, the two a.m. Right, coming in, working. You have that client who wants to talk to you. That conversation you have to have. Right, it just it's just it's what you do. Right, and you have people who you trust and love. Right, it's man having a, a team is so important. Oh yeah, I I don't know how people do it by themselves. I, I get ask all the time, like, why don't you do this? Or why do you have this? Or why don't you go? You know, I, I bought, you know, I bought things from people that hated people so much they're selling stuff. Like I'm like, yeah. why would I, like, I just don't view people like that. And I love, you know, the fact that you, you know, a lot of the question, not really questions, but a lot of the interests I had of you and the parent group were answered in this. And I really, really appreciate you. And I hope, you know, a lot of people hear this and really look maybe more into who you really are and the group really is and that trust, because it's so important to have that trust that you were saying with people, with the team members, with with clients, yeah. having that trust that you have their best interests, you know, at heart, that you're not just chasing paychecks, which totally, which I think is really important. So, Michael, thank you so much. The one thing I want to ask you, just to wrap this up, is success is what to you? What does success mean? Ooh, that's a good question. I think success is doing what you do whatever you do in life at the highest level 
you possibly can do it at. And then also having success. And you'll hear this from about probably everyone on your podcast, but having been extremely successful in business, but just as or not more successful in life. And I, I, right. I think the, the last piece I'll leave with, we were talking to someone and he says, hey, like you have, you have a hard time being present, finding joy. Like have you work so hard, but have you ever worked hard to achieve joy? And I was like, wow. <laughs> no, wow. I haven't. Absolutely not. <laughs> and I, I think just from that moment. So yeah, success in business is cool, but it's not that cool if you don't have man, happiness and everything else. That is so, so powerful. And man, that's, wow. Like, I'm going to think right? about that. <laughs> yeah. Like finding success and joy and yeah. really like chasing that. Yeah, chasing joy. Like have you worked for joy? And that, the answer like, was I'm no. almost like going to get emotional because I'm like, like, you really think about it and I don't know if I, maybe finding a joy in in business success yeah but like joy and joy is so much more than yeah. like it's such a big word right yeah it's such a big emotion totally wow i mean definitely sleep on that one and probably not sleep on that yeah. one. <laughs> but man i just want to say thank you so much thank you i'm going to end with that and i just appreciate you more than you know for coming on and i wish you all the success man you're out there doing your thing and crushing it so thank you hey thank you it's been a pleasure appreciate thank you, you. Thanks for listening to the Culture Camp Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating on your podcast player and share this episode with your team.